Yeah, so what's this whiskey rebellion you speak of? All right, it's, it's the very first time, and it's this time in U.S. history where people in Pennsylvania decided they didn't want to pay taxes, the very first tax, right? Which was on, on production whiskey? of alcohol. On, oh my well, on all hard spirits, but whiskey was, come on, it's whiskey. It's the U.S., it's whiskey. That's the coolest thing this. to say. It's, it's just nice to say, too. You know, not, Absolutely. not only is it delicious, um, but it's also nice to say. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and so what happened is, in the end, George Washington had to call up militia and federalize them and then send them out under uh, Robert E. Lee's father to crush ah. the, uh, these distillers and um, bring them into compliance with U.S. law. So, you know, for anyone who says taxation is theft, the founding fathers would disagree. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know what? I'm so upset that they didn't win. And I wish they did. I wish the distillers had won. Well, they were going to join France or Spain, so I'm kind of glad they didn't. Oh. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah, no, in that case. Is. Yeah, okay. Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis. That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now how does this much money move every single day and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. All right, guys, welcome back to Drunkenomics, the drinking podcast with an economics problem. Back with Aaron. Sorry about the technical mishaps last week. They were yep. definitely a thing we, yep. we had to deal with. Yeah, but, that was tough. Uh, we are back, and as average as ever. I don't know how to put that uh, <laughs> any more kindly. Um, <laughs> by the power vested in the VIX, I remain your less gracious host, James Goldwater. And with the VIX at 1720, Woo! weighing in at 1721 nice. on the VIX scale, across from me, more gracious as ever, thank as you, always, the irascible, the irrepressible Aaron Wong. Yes, it's me, back from Boston, back from tech issues. Uh, that's why I was absent the last, let's just call it three weeks. I can't believe it's been three weeks since I'm drinking with you guys. I miss you guys. I miss you guys all so much. Uh, and it's good to be back once again as the more gracious host. VIX, how is it still so low? I have no idea, but I think I have an idea. I'll get to that later, Ooh. but yeah. But as to why the markets reacting the way they are, it, you know, it's I, I guess it kind of makes sense. I don't really know. Either way, bourbon tastes good. Hope you have a nice stiff one in front of you as well. Unless of course you're about to drive somewhere. In that case, just wait a little bit longer. All right, just get to where you're going. Absolutely, you know, and then have a stiff one. It's a drunk and awkward thing to do. But uh, absolutely right. Yeah. With that, uh, our social media. What is it again, James? Uh, it is at drunkenomical. D r u n k e n o m i c a l, and that is on. Facebook, Instagram, so in the metaverse, um, uh, separately now with and... 1.3 billion fewer dollars, and uh, then also <laughs> over in um, over on Twitter now with a new CEO. Um, well, maybe did they get uh, one already? Or is yeah, it, they, is... well, she hadn't taken over yet, but she's been announced. Gotcha. Oh, that's that's and it. So, that, and so okay, yeah. So it's it's one of those. Um, Fun. So Good on time. there, and from there you can find the invite to our Discord, free to all. You can jump in. And join us in a general chat in the Drunkenomical Pub, where we just shoot some recipes through, ask us questions, uh, reach out to us yeah. on any of these, any of our services, um, and we'll, or any of these services, we'll try and get back to you as soon as we can. Oh, if yeah. you don't hear from us, maybe it's because we're saving it for the air. Um, <laughs> but exactly, uh, yeah. Also, if you want to check us out on LinkedIn, there still Drunkenomical yeah. there, and or yeah, just you can, us. Uh, you can always add me. I'm always happy to hear from all of you. If you do add me, just let me know that uh, this is you, you heard this and you're like, hey, yeah. I heard you said I can add you, and I'll and I'll yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's for so it's related to the podcast because there, there's a few I get. I, I kind of hate it, but I get some of these these links that are like, "Hey, I'm." They're oh, not yeah, like I know what the, you're, grammatically hey, you to, not the best, and they're like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Hey, I want you, you to know, attend this sales conference where we can teach you how to trade NFTs." And it's like, "No thanks, dude. No thanks." And it's like, "Yeah, I'm uh, good." Yeah, but anyway, seriously, uh, a word from you guys there anywhere is is very much appreciated. And before we go any further, I should probably also throw in this disclaimer uh, just to kind of protect myself and the company that I work for. Um, none of the thoughts and views that I express on this reflect their thoughts and views. They're strictly my own and they're independent of things that I hear and see at work. Yep. So everything um, we're basing on is, is public knowledge, internal synthesis in our own heads without something we're seeing at work. It's all based on public information. Exactly. This is not financial advice. This is not, um, it's not mm -hmm. that. If you, if you hear something that seems really exciting, too good to be true, too awful to be true, go ahead and do some research yourself. Ask us and we'll tell you where we found it or just where, or, or generally speaking, where, where we're sourcing our material mm -hmm. and um you know make up your own mind yeah exactly on, and i'll um, say this too like pretty much everything we talk about here it's all stuff that we saw in reuters i watch cnbc pretty religiously if anybody knows me mm -hmm. you know, they'd know that i'm religiously watch cnbc for better or for worse 
Uh, and I yeah, watch a lot of other, yeah, I watch a lot of other stuff too. Uh, the Compound of Friends with Downtown Josh Brown, hilarious show. Uh, I watch that all the time. Market Rebellion, I watch that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm getting my source. And, oh, and uh, briefings from Goldman Sachs. So a lot of investment banks they put out their outlook pieces. It's free to all. Like anybody can access it. So people always yeah, talk about. Yeah, like, you just have to take the time. And I mean, finding yeah. the information isn't always hard. It's making it make sense. That's the that's usually what's difficult. Yeah, and it, but it's um, all out there, right? Like I mean, J.P. Morgan they always put their the market outlook, their their bond outlook, whatever it is. They publish this stuff. It's sometimes 40 pages long so it's not necessarily easy to get through but yeah it's usually yeah, it's like, usually pretty dry yeah it's usually like there's things like the fed beige book right it's public information uh that's usually stuff that we try to talk about or we'll you know make a toast to something like uh you know i want to personally right now if i may make a toast to josh freese does anybody know who he is i'm getting crickets so i think that is a no but josh Fries, i didn't hear anyone yeah <laughs> josh freese is the new drummer for the only band that has been fighting the foo the foo fighters josh freese has replaced taylor hawkins so i want to make a toast to him i think he's awesome i remember watching their taylor hawkins tribute band concert whatever and he played uh i forget what song it was he played a song with uh with the foo fighters and i remember watching that live stream and i was like hey that guy's really good fit i was like this guy fits in so well. like they had chad smith play that always did all these great drummers play and I remember seeing this guy, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Like even they had uh, Roger Taylor's son. So Roger Taylor was famously the Queen drummer for Queen. Roger Taylor's yep. son, Rufus Taylor, he played. He was a good. He's also too, a fantastic I, player. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. And then I remember seeing this guy, Josh Freese. I was like, "Who is that guy? I've never, I've never seen him before. This guy's amazing." But he played for like Suicidal Tendencies, I think. He played for Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I think he played a bit for for Jane's Addiction. But he like, I remember seeing him. I was like, "God, this guy's an excellent fit, dude." And you know, sure enough, and Aaron was right. He's in the band. He's in the band, and the foos are still being fought. I miss Taylor Hawkins every day, but this is an excellent, excellent replacement. I'm so happy that they're touring with this guy, and I can't wait to see the Foo Fighters. So, cheers to the Foo Fighters. I hope that was worthwhile for you. I don't know. Absolutely cool. Well, if we're gonna do that, like if we're gonna if cheers. we're gonna raise a gra- uh, glass to that, then mm-hmm. um, I kind of I kind of said something earlier. Let's um, but- cheers. In a, in a way, well, yeah. we'll pour one out. Um, yeah. Let's pour one out to to Erdogan just really quick. I mean, oh, he's having a better day today than he was up until today, than he was after the last the- election. So, so he, this is the first time he's had to go to a runoff in his 20 years running the nation of Turkey. Um, so well, what happened to him up until today? So like, I know he had that runoff. So, so what happened today? Up until today, he was, he was running for president. He did not get the 50% that he needed to win outright, mm-hmm. but he did. So pouring one out for him, I mean, he's driven his country's economy into the ground. And yep. he did it before COVID. He did it before COVID made that cool. Well, I, yeah. Um, uh, was, is that a good they've thing They've been in a financial thing? crisis that... since 2018. Like, <laughs> I, the original I hipsters. Is, I don't know if this is the badge of honor or if it's just like a really walk of shame kind of deal for you. But uh, I don't it's know. It's one of them. It's like, yeah. I mean, no, you, he, I mean, um, if you yeah, want to get said, famous, you, you know, you got to do what you can, right? You got to get known for one thing yeah. good or one thing. No, so let's pour one out for him. He's actually having to go to a runoff election actually this Sunday. So, so the 28th. And he'll be facing off against. Uh, Can you say his name? Kemal Kilic Droglu or Kilic that? Drogel. Ugh, it's it's I, I I learned how a much better version of the pronunciation. I, I you know still. I'll say this. Tough. I don't know if there's a single um, American that doesn't have a Turkish background that can say it as well as you can so i'll, I'll applaud you for that i i'm okay. i am doing i'm trying <laughs> but yeah so there's yeah so just pour it out to um to recep yeah. for having to having to go to a runoff you know Putin doesn't have to go to a runoff well uh, um, that's a good point. has never had to go to a runoff well that's um, really convenient for that guy wouldn't you say i mean it's it's something <laughs> it's no that's a good it point. might be convenient for him i don't know about anyone else um, i know exactly that's what i'm saying but that's a good pouring out man i'll pour one out to him I want to talk about this for a little bit longer, though. So, um, Turkey, I, I, should we like what what happened with Turkey? Okay, let's, so let's just, uh, what hasn't? They've got a few problems. Yeah, <laughs> um, they let's just say they have a lot of economic problems. Yeah, that, economically, you know, they've got they've got some serious problems. So they've had they've had. Um, yeah, we could drink to this for a while. I mean, this is absolutely, <laughs> and, and, and and it works really well with my analogy. So what's happened is they they're in the middle of a sovereign. It's not necessarily a debt crisis. It's a middle of a, it's a currency crisis. Well, so wait, what um, happened? Did then they the, owe a lot of money? So up until 2018, well, they, they raised a lot of then they raised a lot of cash. They sold a lot of bonds to the EU, right, or something like that. Y- yeah, well, like most nation states in the modern world, they are um, 
their deficit, their deficit spending, which yeah. is fine if you're if you're seeing the economic growth on the other end that makes it make sense. So like historically, Turkey yeah. was able to look at thirty percent growth, right? Yeah, that's well, huge. They're like, geographically in a very good spot, right? Yeah, they're, they're kind of connect. So they kind of connect Europe to the Middle East and to absolutely to Asia, right? So the, yeah, the vast majority of Turkey is in is in what's called Asia Minor. Oh, which, yeah, you know, is it, but then but then there's that little bit of Turkey that is in Europe. So it is it is the, the crossroads said, of of kind of the, the continents the, uh, of that part of the world. There's a, yeah. there's a little zone in through that area called the Bosphorus, which it, at its narrowest point is only half a mile wide, yeah. which, through which um, huge amounts of trade travel. Yeah. If you really think about, like, think about this, 3% of the oil shipped by, that goes by ship is, goes through that strait. Wow. Um, it's like if Evergreen happened there, if they got clogged. Yeah. yeah. It would have been a disaster. So, like yeah. five po- so the Suez Canal, about 5.4%. Of surface shipped oil goes, goes through the through Suez there. Canal. About three percent goes through the Bosphorus, right? So it's yeah. it, it's it's about half the value in that respect for oil, but it's not just oil. So like all grain being shipped by sea out of yeah. Ukraine goes to the Bosphorus wow. or to Turkey, right? So either to someone on the on the on the water there or through the Bosphorus. Yeah, huge amounts of other trade that are being shipped out of Ukraine or out of Russia by ship goes through the Bosphorus, right? So it's it's a very very important waterway. Yeah. I think it, I think I read that something like on an annual basis, forty eight thousand ships will travel through the Bosphorus. Wow, so that's that's not quite that's not quite a thousand a week. But they're like big cargo ships with like I don't know, absolutely thirty thousand things of freight on it, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, these are, like, these are freighters. Yeah, they're yeah. huge. So yeah, like I mean, one of those things is you know it's I don't know probably carrying seven billion dollars worth of commodity. So. Yeah, it's a it's a super important in terms of like where it's geographically related. It's a very important country. So w- what happened? Like, didn't I? Didn't they sell a bunch of bonds to Europe? Yeah, and Asia? so they so they did a lot of debt financing. Yeah. Basically, they and, they funded their nation's growth through debt. They've had a they've had a single leader in yeah. Erdogan. They've had a single party in control for twenty years, really. Yeah, um, but they but they they had these then, they had these infrastructure projects that were really. Poorly managed, yeah, and, and they just—they're—they're. They're, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know how they were poorly managed. They just were poorly managed, and and not much. Like basically, like what you said, there was just no return on investment. There's no ROI on the other side. Yeah. So, so you're figured, seeing like the economic growth slowing. Like right now, they're at two to three percent, and for a nation with GDP basically the size of theirs, that's not that's not good. Like the U.S., right. you might see GDP growth of two percent, three percent, and be like, that's standard. China, yeah. you'd see five. Per, they say five percent. That's not yeah. true, but they it's, say five percent. Literally, so you know, historically, I, Turkey's been like thirty. Well, so since you brought that brought the China thing, uh, I'll just say this: no country ever has seen a population decline and GDP growth. Like no, like not just a population decline, but like a population decline and a labor like number of workers, and a decline. labor force. Yeah, yeah. like a you know a rapidly shrinking labor force and a rapid rapidly shrinking population. Just absolutely yeah, at the same time as GDP growth. Yeah, this is, this um, is not possible. So no, like, especially when you when you look at what the Chinese look at, which is the uh, or what supply chain people are looking at with Chinese buying, and they're like, yeah, look at this all this production. And it's like we're not buying anything. Like right. they, yeah, they have huge reserves of raw materials. I don't deny that, but at the same time, it's like if I if I'm a bakery and I'm like I'm putting I'm declare that I'm selling huge amounts of bread. And people are like, he doesn't buy any grain. It's like, like, how does that, like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Right, exactly. So that's, that's essentially what's happening with China. But anyways, I, have, I just want to touch, like, touch that yeah, base so, and, and so, move on. But like, yeah, so. Yeah, so, Tur- so Turkey has, as yeah. this issue, they ran up the credit card bill. They, they kind of went wild. And as the, and as the currency, because they were printing currency too, in a, in a pretty mean well, way, quantitative well, easing. Well, I, th- I think what, er- what Erdogan did too was like, okay, I don't want to default on these loans. So I'm going to take control of the. Turkish Central Bank, and I'm yep. gonna I'm gonna force whoever the president is to print money to, to service these loans and lower and interest rates. I'm so have them. he's also he and also exactly. pushed for the lowering of interest rates, right? To con- or, so that people yeah. can borrow money to reinvest, to spend, to do whatever. And he's like, look, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. This yeah. is this is the guy at the bar. Right? Yes, this is the guy at the bar who's like, we're really really drunk, and and you're with him, and you're like, you're like, hey man, we need to slow down. We're getting pretty drunk, and he's like, yeah, you're right. We are getting pretty drunk. But you know the solution? Shots. Shots, everybody. Let's, let's go. do more shots. Let's, do, let's go. It's like, well, no, no. We need to slow down on shots, right? So in this case, finger, shots yeah, are inflation. Or, or if it's not that drunkenness is inflation, and then alcohol is, or, or in this case, easing, shots would be interest rates, right? And so or, it's yeah. like, he's like, he's like, yeah, just, we'll just keep putting them down and it'll, and it'll be fine. And, and I'm like, and I would say probably, yeah, maybe we ease back. Maybe we ease back. Maybe we, maybe we, we hold off on lowering our rates. Maybe we raise rates. Maybe we drink some water. 
try to right. go the other way on exactly. that one. Let's let's drink some water, eat some food, right? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, do a little bit of QT or whatever it is, and let's let's do stuff like that. But uh, no, this guy. I mean, like first of all, in 2018, I think this is when it started. W- w- did he start firing central banks, central bank presidents, like whatever it is, like the Jerome Powell, but uh, um, Turkish Jerome Powell? He started firing them like every six months. Yeah, about like that. that. Every, about every time an, like, econo- <laughs> an economist gets into place and is like, actually, we can't. We need to start doing things to try and stabilize the economy. Is about the time he fires them because they're saying things he doesn't want to hear. This this sounds um, really bad, but I think I think what Turkey needs is more a Draghi. Like I think I think it's exactly what they need. They definitely need a, a Draghi type, and that's what <laughs> and that's what they're hoping for. Which Kirish Logu. Is, yeah. that, is that he is supposed to be that? Um, is he kind of a technocrat kind of guy too, like Draghi is? Well, he he he's he's not necessarily a technocrat. He's more of a he does he he believes with he believes economists when they say you need to raise rates. Like yeah. he accepts that there's going to be some financial hardship. There's going to be economic hardship to come. Well, no like, kidding. He he, look, he, he look accepts that. Here. He's like he's like well yeah. yeah no, this is this is not okay. Yeah, there's a hangover coming. Yeah, well, I mean, look um, what's happening here. Look what's happening in the UK. Look what's happening in in uh, in the eurozone, right? With the ECB, yeah. right? So I'm gonna put this way. Turkey is facing inflation that just this week went on, just, just barely came in under 50%. Ooh, to be fair, though, nice. since in, in the last three years, they've, their, their currency has lost 70% of its value, of its buying power against, yeah. against the, the dollar to, to an all-time low, entertainingly an all-time low. And I'll so be it's, it's very much you, one of those things where it's like... Yeah, I'll be honest with you, unless your savings account was yielding 70%, you, you lost, you, you just, you lost you just, value. Yeah, you just lost money. Or unless the yeah. uh, the short term treasury, the one year T bill for Turkey, whatever they call that bond. Yeah, no, it's 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 not. <laughs> I don't think it's, that's, I don't it's think not delivering. No, I don't think you're buying that for three hundred bucks and, and getting a one thousand dollar par. <laughs> I don't think it's no. Happening. You're uh, <laughs> let's just say that the risk free isn't there. Yeah, no, no, it's it's uh, at no point at no point of Turkish bonds ever been considered risk free. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, um, but uh, so that's pretty fascinating. I think. Um, you know, I, I don't know what this guy, I don't know what his outlook is. Well, I, so today he did get some good news. So um, the third party mm-hmm. guy, the guy who had something like 9% of the vote, um, and Erdogan only needs about half a percent to get to 50%. Um, but How is he so third party guy, I still get it. But I, know well, he is, I, know he's, I know he's wildly popular. Or, or well, because he controls one. the state media. And most people yeah. in Turkey only speak one language. That helps. Yeah, yeah. So, when, so, when there's, so when you control the media, like how is Putin so popular? Well, first off, the polls aren't always that and Putin's polls aren't accurate one but two um yeah they control the media and if people can only read or write in Turkish and they only speak Turkish if I control all the Turkish media that's coming to you they don't they don't have the same first amendment privilege as we do it's like President Um, Xi is wildly wildly popular in China yeah the state apparatus I, I mean in China it's it's you know it's what they say versus what they think like same in China at least you have a lot of people who do read and write or speak a different language. Yeah, they all speak uh, yeah. usually all English, learning, but not all always. English. That's, and that's why yeah. the Chinese have firewalls on the internet. It's like, well, yeah. you could read English, but only the English we want you to read. Not, yeah. you, know, you don't get to see that global out, you know, other banks and other newspapers are going, this is what China's doing, and their economy's not in great shape. Or, Tiananmen or, Square? What t- wait, what happened in Tiananmen yeah, Square? Well, nothing, nothing happened. Nothing. <laughs> I don't care how many times Serge Tonkin has told me, why don't I ask the kids at Tiananmen Square? I keep looking it up. Nothing. I love the That's Serge Tonkin reference, man. That's great. I figure, well, the Armenians, they have a, yeah, Tur- yeah, yeah. They have a history in Turkey and other things. So I'll throw out, I'll throw out my little system of a down reference. Yes, love it. Um, love, dude, anytime you, re- anytime you want to reference system of a down, I'm all, I'm here for it, dude. I killed me that the only show they're it. playing this year is in Vegas. I know, dude, which I might go to because it's only five hours away from me, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I, but. I, that's a pretty fascinating thing that's happening with Turkey, you know, and I think absolutely, yeah, yeah no, it's we've a, harped on we've harped on them for a while, you know, like it's just completely irresponsible fiscal, like monetary and fiscal policy, yeah, um, and just and, and I think go back and look, there was a coup, I say with quotation fingers, yes, it wasn't yes, really a coup yes. that occurred in 2017, I want to say, but it might have been 2018. But what you see is is at that point you see that um, certain military officers are getting purged, certain. Um, a lot of judges were purged. A lot of, a lot of people yeah. that would have been roadblocks, checks on the power of Erdogan, were purged because of a failed coup that probably was an inside job. It was probably him going, <laughs> yeah, um, rattle the cages, see, see who's willing to fall in line, or just do it, and I'll use it as a, as a pretext to fire people. Yes. A, there's a, there's a, fi- yeah. a great expression, the casus belli, so the cause for war. And he's like, you do this, and I'll use that as my reason. Like It's, it's kind of like Godfather Rest. Essentially you know, a false like, flag, yeah. or you... You know, put a put things out there, and you go, yeah. Let's just 
you know, there's mm-hmm. arguments that certain things historically have been done to entice the enemy so that you can be like, no, they came at me. I can, I'm now defending Yeah, exactly. to try and find the moral right. So maybe, um, that's hap- maybe that's what's happening with President Erdogan. He's like, all right, this coup, who started this coup? Now I got to fire everybody that I don't trust. Yeah. Get rid of the checks and balances. All these people that were against me, it must have been them. Yeah, I'll get rid of them. You've always now, hated me. You've always disagreed with me in all these board meetings. So yeah, that's you. I, yeah. You're out of here. You, you keep know, saying so, raise yeah. interest rates, raise interest rates. So <laughs> clearly you're, no, you've got to go. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's um. No, that's a, a very fascinating story coming out of Turkey, and I think it ties in well with uh, what's going on here because I we're right up against the ceiling. We've been talking about this for forever, and flip on the news channel, like flip on the TV. Whether you want to talk about politics, whether you want to talk about economics, whether you want to talk about just like stuff that's happening. Yeah, like, it's it's coming. Like, that's the thing is like staring at you in the face. I mean, like I turn on the TV for two seconds, and it's literally that's oh, what's going to happen? If, you know, the likelihood of default, the X date. June first, X date, right? What's what's gonna happen? Yeah. Are we gonna come up with a deal before then? Is Kevin McCarthy really gonna wage war on the on, on the White House on the administration? Well, on the world all, at this point, it's stuff. it's not because it's, it's not just. Really, a, I mean, it, it hurts here, but it hurts well, everywhere, right? Because yeah, because the U.S. every every recession, every single financial or economic issue the U.S. has ever had is has been exported to the world. Yes, like, yeah, the U.S. 100%. doesn't like to share until we really like to share. Like, it's like, oh, well, it's misery company. Well, it, it, it's funny you say that because, like, not only are we the bit, like, not only do we have the biggest GDP in the world, like, like by far, like, we produce more than anybody oh, yeah. in the entire country. But at the same time, we also buy more stuff, too. We're the world's biggest customer. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why, like, speaking to your point earlier, we export all these recessions because, like, we buy so yeah. much stuff from everybody so, okay. else. So, okay. We- so, so, technically, No. There's one block that is slightly bigger than the U.S. In terms of in terms of stuff? imports, and it's the EU. Okay, well that doesn't count. That's 19 countries or yes. 18 countries. Well, that's it's a coalition the thing, because it takes because um, it, it isn't until number three that you actually run into the first EU nation, and it's um, it's Germany, of course. But of yeah, course. so it's the United States, China. Yeah, the United States, China, Germany, and then. And then Japan, then the UK, right? But if you look at the values, it's the United States consumes 2.4 million million dollars. A trillion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, China is just over, is just slightly over two. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, okay. Okay. Maybe I I thought our neck was a little bit longer than that, but uh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I appreciate it. To be fair, then, but then Germany is 1.1, not quite 1.2. Right, so like yeah. it's a it's a gap. No, no, I, um, and I and I really appreciate you correcting me on that. And seriously, if I say if I cite something and I'm way off, like let me know. I I really want to know, please. Um, and I but think yeah, as a single US, nation, the U.S. Too, yeah. consumes far more, consumes more than anyone else. And yeah, which is which is why to be, we ex- to be fair. Remember, like China consumes a huge amount of natural resources that they buy and then stockpile. Right, so so those yeah. imports, it's it's very much like, are you using it or are you just buying it to buy it? Yeah, like. If you're not consuming goods, then it's like you're just hoarding, like you're smog the yeah. dragon, right? Yeah, and, you. and you're not actually producing any economic, like Mm-mm. there's no utility coming out of that. So no, you're not creating just, any economic just... value. But I, I think it's fascinating too, because like, you know, we're in this, we're in this phase where as we approach the debt ceiling crisis or whatever it is, people are saying the X date is, I think when- so X date is when there's no more cash. Yeah. And right now they're saying it's June, it's, it's, the expectation is it's June 1st. It might be June 3rd. Goldman Sachs well, has said it might be as far back as June seventh or eighth. Yeah, but it is that first week in June. Yeah. So it's well. I, I think what I keep hearing, and I've heard this so many times today, like just from watching CNBC today, was sure if McCarthy doesn't come up with an agreement by June first, the government it's, is yeah. probably going to default. Yes. Or shut down, or both. Well, it won't shut down. So, but it will default for the first time in history. Well, the US it, will default it, on its You know debt. what the same, man? There's a first step for everything, right? But so, there shouldn't be like, for some things. There's for for some things there should not be. There's uh, yeah, yeah, so here's absolutely. so here's here's kind of how that looks and it it it's not good. Yeah. Because it starts in financial markets because the basics of other financial markets are underpinned by the risk-free rate. 100%. The US Treasury, you're going to get paid. The entire world discounts all their securities. It's so weird how this works, but the entire world discounts securities to the risk rate of the government. Of the U.S. Of the U.S. government, yeah, not even just any government, but like so you have a, you have a two-year bond, discount that to the, the U.S. two-year Treasury, whatever whatever the yield is on that, discount it to that yield, right? It's crazy. Yeah. So they it's, use so they use U.S. debt, U.S. sovereign debt is used as a basis for everything, for loans, for because you know that if you're 
My alternative is I can put it in a treasury and I'm gonna get paid. Risk-free rate, yeah, exactly. there is no risk. Yeah, you wanna, you wanna um, buy preferred stock and your timeline is two years. Well, it's like, okay, what, what's the capital appreciation? Uh, well, like all that stuff, right? It's like, okay, well, the alternative is I can just buy a two-year government bond that is issued by the US government that has never defaulted. I can do that. Yeah. Or I can buy a preferred stock. And if, stock, and if, I, and know, if I'm like, getting a better payout from the government than from you, what what is you what is in my no, why would I I have no incentive know? to buy that preferred share, right? So exactly. So this is a very pivotal event that underpins the global financial system, right? If all of a sudden, first of all, if we get downgraded, if there is quote unquote what what they call credit risk in the fixed income asset class, if there is credit risk in the US government bond, that's a big issue. And right now, the fact that we're at above a one percent chance of default. Like that, that's pretty drastic. And I think it really comes down to just, there's a, it's, there's really a, just a, it's, it's all I can think of is like, is like, I can tell you how I think this looks like as it tumbles out, but there's a, there's a great line and it's a Bill Murray line from Ghostbusters. Love and it. It's just, Love that it's, movie. it's, um, it's Love essentially that movie. human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, like that line, <laughs> that one line where he's in the mayor's office, you know, yeah. it's just like, but it's like dogs and cats living together. It's just like that kind of chaos. That's, that's what it would look like. It would, it would actually be much, much worse than that. It would be, I mean, it'd be disastrous. Like it's, it's this, yeah. I mean, just think about this from a government, from a perspective of, okay, let's, uh, let's just look at what happens on June 2nd. So you get to June 1st, the U.S. runs out of money. Well, yeah. Janet Yellen has already said what the Treasury will do. She said, this is what we will have to do. What? Uh, What'd she say? Payment prioritization. The U.S. isn't out of cash. It's just out of cash, enough cash to pay everything that it that's still, owes that day. It's still a default. Like, or maybe yes. that's not a default, but that's like a no, payment in arrears. Okay, fine. No, it's, it's, it's a default. It is default. Okay, well, I just it's, didn't it's, know if you want to soften the blow. Like, I, I know a lot of nope. people like to. T- like, no point. We, right? Here's so, the thing. The credit agency, the credit rating agencies downgraded the U.S.'s bond rating in 2011. Yeah. They didn't even get close to X date. It was that they got close to the to the debt ceiling day, and they Whoa. and they downgraded on the fear that they that they would that the U.S. wouldn't solve it. That's and like the, it's yeah, like, but that was and that was five yeah, months ago. But that's okay. But that's credit rating agencies. Like this is the thing about credit rating agencies is like they don't like they they are so far behind the curve. So, like, if you see that the government, the U.S. government, first of all, I'm not saying this is like a good practice, but it's not the worst practice out there, right? If you see a AAA rated bond, you can pretty much look at the bond and be like, it's not going to default. Right? It's essentially because no AAA bond, no high investment grade rated bond has ever defaulted. So that's a good benchmark. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, these credit rating, rating agencies, like, they're so far behind the curve. Like they're like they're oh, yeah. not they're not up with the times at all, and they don't make upgrades and downgrades as fast as they want to make them because they don't want to make upgrades and downgrades on the same security for you know every every two weeks. No, I know, right? and, and so, they, they try to be slow. But what I'm what I'm saying is that, yeah, is that we're do. just looking at is we're looking at a you know that's how they reacted to approaching to, to just the possibility, like not even like the last minute possibility, just like the possibility the U.S. could default. <laughs> now we're essentially at this point, we're sitting two weeks from X day, not even two weeks from X day. No, it's a week and a half. Um, I mean, next Thursday yeah. is the X day and we're recording on Monday, what, the 22nd, May 22nd. 22nd. So yeah, I mean, next Thursday is the X date, uh, or technically like as is what Janet Yellen is calling the X day. I don't know. I don't know if it actually is, but I think that's when they start running a little bit low on cash. They're saying that June 15th, a lot of tax revenue starts coming in. Um, so yeah, quarterly, can, quarterly tax payments, but if they can hold the issue off, is they think those are going to be low. Yeah, but if, if, if they can, which is so weird. That, that's such a weird thing to think about because, like, 2022 was one of the. I mean, I don't know if it's 2022 or 2021, but one of these, like, it was like a year from like Ju- July, I think, of 2021 to like July to like you know June of 2022. It was like the best 12 months of tax revenue the U.S. government has ever received. Or something like, that. I think it was around that. T- I think it was that time frame. I could, I could be a little bit off. But yeah, it's so weird to think about that. And then all of a sudden now it's like, all right, tax revenue suck. June 15th, if we do if we do hold off this debt ceiling talk until June 15th, when the US government is actually going to get a little bit more cash on hand, the cash in hand that they're probably going to receive still probably won't be enough to actually take care of this no. issue. So like- No, it won't solve the problem. Yeah, I know. So, like, so she said, so, so the payment prioritization is this. What she said is yeah, yeah, on yeah. that day, what we'll prioritize- is we're going to prioritize the bondholders. Um, so the wow. treasury will continue to make coupon payments on bonds. Sounds a little familiar. We'll continue yeah. to, so essentially that they're going to try and regulate that, but here's who they're not going to pay. And they very explicitly said, these people will not be paid. Social okay. security checks will not go out. 
the military will not be paid. That sucks. Yeah, because I, buddy, I can. I have a buddy of mine deployed in Afghanistan right now, and if he doesn't get paid, I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, so. like if I was, if I was, you know, you're overseas doing your job, and the government goes, "Hey, we're not paying you this week." I'll be honest that 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 doesn't work for long. Yeah, you no. know, it, it hasn't really happened in a, in the modern world so much, but. Boy, you'd see in the Napoleonic armies that uh, in the Napoleonic era and the Victorian era that the second the money runs out, militaries tend to stop fighting. And even yep. worse, if you're Russia or places like that, when the money runs out, militaries often tend to turn on the governments that are supposed to pay them. And they've already got the guns. So it's. Um, yeah, it's like. Uh, it's not and a they're, great and they're time. well trained and they're all that kind of stuff. Not only do they have the gun, they know how to shoot it. Yeah. So, and they know how to duck for cover. So. Like, in theory. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't a good look. No, but it's. it's, it's, it's Bad. It wouldn't. It would. It would be demonstrably bad. It would not be good. Um. And and that's and that's just people not getting paid. Like if you really want to think about it, like okay, so now you go to issue new debt, and even though you were prioritizing payments, someone's sitting here going, "Is it really risk free?" Because they've defaulted yeah. once. Like the trend yeah. is they default, and they get closer and closer to, to catastrophic full default each time. Maybe it isn't so risk free. So yeah. But here's what here's what happens to me before even you realize, worry about people not getting paid, which isn't good. June 1st, if there's no deal, the second you hit X day and there's no deal, the stock markets crash. Yeah. It'll be the worst day in the stock market since 1987. And the only reason Whoa. it'll be since 1987 is because that's 87 be was the worst day percentage-wise in history. And, and you can't go and, past 20% now. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now they put guardrails there. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, The well, dollar I, amount will be bigger. But the percentage well, will be... Well, I mean, th- there's an argument to that, too, is like, okay, so the risk-free rate isn't risk-free anymore. Now, all of a sudden, is it better to hide out into equities? So, like, I'm, I'm, I don't think it is, but, like, I, I don't know if the stock market is going to be... I don't know if they're, it's going to react that atrociously to it. I don't think it's going to react well to it. I, I think, um, it, but I think you see, I think you see, if it's not, if it's not 20% in one day... Because it might not be. I think it would be. It could um, be. I think you no, just see. No, I, I totally, like, I, I, I'll just say this. If, if that does happen, which I don't think it will, but if it does happen, I wouldn't be shocked to see 20% just. Because, it's because like the that. computers. Yeah. It's the computers doing, well, executing yeah, exactly. the high-speed traits. They just, it just, they just start dumping the second it go, starts going the wrong way. Right. It's that great line in margin call, which is just like, ooh, ooh, fuck me. Once it starts going the wrong way, you know, yeah. it's quick. Well, I think, I mean, I, you know, do we hit pre-COVID lows, right? Or I mean, not pre-COVID, but COVID lows? Do we hit COVID lows? Maybe. I, Probably. I think I, I think we're I think we come very close to it if uh if, if it does happen because that that's the markets I think have been looking for a reason to go back down there, you know, and uh, this would be a pretty compelling reason for that to happen. Absolutely would. Um, but, but here's the other thing: is like what I'll say is on the on the other side, like signing a debt deal, like signing a deal. The, like a real deal, not one like, oh, we're, we've pushed it back 30 days, we've raised the debt ceiling for 30 days, we've suspended it for 30 days. Like a real, like even a shitty solution, like we've yeah. raised it by blank amount, which should last two years or whatever. Like a shitty solution like that, like a not a real, like a kicking the can down the road solution. It's still- that would be enough for the markets to shoot up. Yeah, but like I think the problem is like, okay, so the markets, like right now the markets have kind of, we can both look at the charts and agree that we've been range bound, right? Like we've been stuck in this yeah. range. Like it's it's been a sideways market for a long time. Why is the VIX at seventeen? You know, I talked about it earlier. Why is the VIX at seventeen twenty one? We have no idea what the Fed is going to do. We have no idea if the U.S. government is going to default. We're still kind of on. We're we're sitting on this fence, going like, all right, are we pivoting one, and then two, are we going to default? Yeah. Right? And I think there's compelling like, reasons for the market to go down, and there are less compelling. Yeah. But but market based reasons for the markets to go up. And I think at this point, they don't know which one. Well, it's gonna, so we, we should get minutes this week from a meeting, from a Fed meeting, which yeah. would be the good news in theory. But mm-hmm. we also know that Very much a theory, next day yeah. is in a week and a half. Yeah. So the bad news is right after. And like, what's the point in pushing into a position? Also, the next thing is you're trading in US dollars, which what's that worth if? Yeah, but you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think part of the reason why the VIX is, has, has been so low is just because it's like, all right, well, we don't like the market has been so range bound in the last three months. It's like, okay, but now we really don't expect it to go anywhere. Like, we need some outside force to really. We need a catalyst. Kick we, us need, in the teeth. we need great news need, or bad news to get it moving. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we need a kick in the nuts or we need a $10,000 bonus, right? Like, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like, it's, it, there's nothing else in between. 
that really makes us want like there's no compelling reason to short a stock or to buy a stock right now yeah the markets just have no clarity and i think this is so weird the markets and the fed have no clarity even i don't i really don't think the federal reserve has any clarity because we talked i I mean i saw an interview with uh what's his name uh oh what uh, minneapolis fed yeah mini yeah minneapolis fed chair it was this morning on on uh squawk or whatever it was on cnbc Awesome, awesome interview with Becky Quick. If you know who Becky Quick is, she is one of the greatest financial journalists. Is it Neil Kashkari? Neil Kashkari, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, brilliant guy. Like seriously, um, okay, fine. Maybe I I speak a little bit too highly of him. Really smart guy. Very good interviewer. Uh, and yeah, and very more one of the more transparent guys I would say on the on the Fed board, right? Like you know, I, I think he, you know, when he's on TV, he talks a little bit more clearly and uh communicates a lot better than like let's like a like a john the bostic or mayor daily i would say but yeah he had some he, he, had some, he had some really compelling points he said like look i don't think the tightening cycle's over and to be honest with no, you which i i don't we saw I, that because jerome powell said like you know we may not i think what jerome powell says we may not have to raise rates as high as we as we in our meetings had originally thought we would yeah, they never said what they were they might have to go to but they're but still they, said is they may not have to go as high but they yeah. certainly haven't indicated a pivot or even a stop. I think they're just saying like, hey. Like- yeah. The, the funny thing too was like, so he said, we're still targeting a 2% inflation, uh, uh, yeah, average, so, inflation. average inflation rate, right? And then Becky Quick and her brilliance, all her brilliance goes 2%, not two and a half, not three. And he was like, no, 2%. You know, from there, he <laughs> talked about the, the June Fed meeting. It's like all of a sudden he's like, look, I'm not going to speak to what we're going to do in June. All I know is that we're probably not going to raise rates. They don't rates. know what they're going to do in June. Let's put it this way. They don't. No, know. exactly. But he's like, all I know is that we're probably not going to raise rates. We, we, we probably need to pause for a little bit. But that doesn't mean the tightening cycle is over because we can still raise rates later on in the year. We're very committed yeah. to targeting that 2% inflation rate, which is how he and, answered and that he, question. Right. So, and even if they and, and if they don't want to raise rates, it's possible that they mess with their quantitative tightening cycle, a, QT cycle. Exactly. Right. The which, other which, the other facilities that they can use to exactly, manipulate. Which makes me think about this, right? So, like t- tying it back to the debt ceiling. Like, mm-hmm. all right. So the debt ceiling, they're probably going to solve it. I, I I actually do have a lot of confidence that they are going to solve it. I know a lot of people. I wish I did. I know a lot of people <laughs> think I'm crazy for it, but I really don't. Like, I think Kevin McCarthy at the end of the day. This political war is not going to go well for him. Like it, at the end of the day, no. like if Joe Biden goes down and he doesn't like Joe Biden, if Joe Biden goes down, he drags Kevin McCarthy down with him. It's not. This is. Oh yeah. Like, you know, like it's it's not going to look good for him either. So well, the and, real and, the real problem is that Kevin McCarthy has such a small majority in the House. Yeah. Right. He's yeah, got. Yeah. Exactly. He has, yeah. he has a. I think it's a two. I think two, he has a two vote majority. Yeah. Yeah. If one of them goes down, the Oof. other's going too. And yeah, like the I, only I, the only people entertaining this is what's. So stupid about it is the only people who are pretty much not going to get the only two that aren't going to pay any political price for this are are uh, are, are Chuck Schumer and um and and um Mitch McConnell like God, those are the only so, two that are sitting here that's so like, dis- that's so disgusting it is I, I, those, those I, are the yeah. two people I hate the most like I like those are yeah what two what is I, what I is stand. feckless I, and the other is a monster I know like, I, they, I, dude, they both they I, I don't know which is which I, I which is see? the funny thing like, recently, I'm, like I'm not I, gonna I'm both, not gonna go it depends on the day because the answer exa- is yes exactly because they both suck dude, I hate like I don't like both of those people. I don't like, care they, for them either yeah dude Let's put it that way. okay so in the in the famous words of Henry Rollins if you don't know who Henry Rollins is he's a punk rock icon and I'm a... All right, what you got for me? Yeah, so he's a punk icon. If you know the band Black Flag, Black Flag, are you a Black Flag fan? I've heard. I, I'm not a huge fan, but I've, I've heard I mean, it's, only, it's only that one album that, they, that I yeah. know. So it's not... The album's great, but whatever. So like, in the, in the famous words of Henry Rollins, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, but I've been drinking. So, you know, just take that with a grain of salt. But Fair. I, w- I would like to see the life shortened. There's a lot of politicians where I'm like, you've lived long enough. I think it's Dude. time to, to go. Well, the funny and people are like, do you want them to die or leave office? I'm like, yeah, whichever comes first. I don't care. The, the, One the usually funny. leads to the other. So, <laughs> the, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but the funny thing is, like Henry Rollins said that about Bono, the lead singer of V2. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, I might be right I, there too. You know, I, I happen to. Uh, Bono after 1990, yeah, he kind of got too carried away. But Bono before 1990, he was pretty cool. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so like, uh, you know, that, like, that, that's how I feel about those guys. And I think, you know, 
at the end of the day, I still think they're going to come down. Like they're going to come down to an agreement because I don't think this political war is actually going to go very well for Kevin McCarthy. It's not going to go well for you know? either of them. Let's it, put this way: there's no winners in this. It's it's why I very much, and I think we were talking about this last week. I know we were talking about this last week. My yeah. view is, if you are an elected official who has a vote in this process, so president, yeah. senator, member of the house, Whatever, yeah, and you. Whether, whether you vote yes to deal with the debt ceiling or whether you vote no to deal with the debt ceiling, I think you should all be, and, we, and the U.S. were to fail, were to default on its debt, I think you should be punished. 100%. My punishment is very simple. Yeah. It's that the second we default, you stop getting paid. They should stop getting and, paid first, um, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. They stop getting paid before anyone else, and they don't get to vote their money back to themselves. You no. failed to do your job. You don't know. We're, I'm not, we won't no, pay you. No, no sympathy yeah. whatsoever. So yeah. That's what we're, we have to talk about. It's very much a, look, you, you will not default. Well, the funny, you, the funny thing too is like both sides have a pretty compelling argument, which I'll, I'll, like, I'll yeah. admit to that. I'll admit to that. So like Kevin McCarthy's argument is we need to get our spending under control. But I'm like, sure. okay. Well, yeah. Pass a budget. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's our, the solution to that. Well, let's get our spending under control. But like right now, do you really like, I mean, this guy is holding the entire global financial system by the balls. And he's saying, listen to me, everybody. We need to get our, uh, get our spending under control. And there's no way around it. This is uh, good for the American people, which I agree with. But it's like, this is not the time or the place to really play that card. This is, right not, this is not the method. You know, this, this is the real thing. He's got, he's got the global economy and the global financial system hostage. Yes. And the United States doesn't negotiate balls, with terrorists. <laughs> it's it's those things you're like, but when the, but when the but when the hostage taker when the terrorist <laughs> is a part of the U.S. government, it's very much uh, what do we do now? No, to me, it's it's kind of it's very simple. It's it's that both sides. You're right. Both sides actually make compelling points in what they and how they want to do it. Republicans want to. I think they want to cut. Yeah. They want to cut spending. Yeah. The problem is good. they, they don't is actually. They don't really want but. to cut spending. A lot of the things they want to cut spending on were priorities and spending decisions they made in the last administration. So like. Trump spending decisions. It's like, well, you, you can't do that. That's not really going to work in the long run. The Democrats, they want to raise revenue and cut a little bit of spending, but not much. But they want to raise revenues by, by raising tax rates which on is, certain things, which, which I think are un- probably r- correct. But at the same but time, it's very unpopular. I it's mean, not popular. Su- it's super unpopular. They're both like about the whiskey rebellion, right? Like, yeah. It's- Exactly right. You know, and the funny thing is, is you get to 1797, I think, the, the tax was repealed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's what people talk about, about is, that, is that after that, so the, 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 when, Washington, when Washington's administration crushed that rebellion, it did settle the federal government. It proved that the federal government was capable and willing of enforcing its will on the, on the country. Um, the federal system worked, but, but they didn't, they don't point out that like, well, tax collectors really didn't collect the taxes that, that hard, you know, that, that often they, they were very lackadaisical yeah. about doing their job for being alive reasons. And then, um, <laughs> the tax was repealed under the Jefferson administration. So it's a, um, you know, yeah. it was a, it was a great test, uh, test of the system. Right. But, yeah. No, but no I, like, I, I'm with you on that. Okay. So like, okay, if they do come up with an agreement, which I think they will. Right. Okay. Odds are what's going to happen with money supply. Like just it, take a see, while that's the hard thing is, okay. The money supply goes up. Uh, well, uh, okay. okay. Hang on. Does I'm it go up? Is, no, no. I'm saying all else hold constant. Right. So I'm not, I'm not trying to complicate the issue. I'm not trying to put another function. Yeah. In the well, there's more money out there. The government's allowed to spend again or keep spending at least uh, let's put it this way. The money supply does not go down. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, exactly. it'll go down. If, it'll go down if social security and the military aren't paid. That, yeah, it'll go down. One hundred percent. Yeah. A lot so, of enlisted guys got to make car payments. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, House payments, car payments, whatever it is. So like, okay, so that happens. Money supply goes up because like it has to. Like, like it gives the treasury. The, yeah. It gives yeah. it more money, more permission, uh, permission, well, more money, right? And yeah, things go back yeah. to normal. And um, yeah. So well, not even the Fed permission to print more money, just the Treasury permission to issue more bonds. Either Which way, is the funny yes. thing is, is that actually might draw cash out of the market um, or cash out of markets because bonds paying well, five to five and a half percent, right? Much better than um, I know, I know, I know. So like that, that, that's a funny story to talk about too when you compare that when you compare and contrast. Well, to a savings but, account paying two percent. Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, so like savings account, I mean, a savings account paying two percent on me up, but um, a savings account paying 
0.85%. Yeah. Right? Like it's. Well, but, but, but instead of that, but hey, a government, a T-bill paying five. Dude, yeah. Well, sign well, me up. You, dude, sign me up there. You, you got to be kidding me, man. Like if I'm going to yeah. get a 4.7% yield on a three month bond, like, yeah, Hell yeah. Dude, come on, let's like, go, it's, dude. It's, and, that, and so that's actually, that's causing a lot, that, that's, I mean, causing a lot of these liquidity problems, I think, at the banks, right? Like people are taking their money out of, the, out of deposits dude, the biggest and they're going to treasuries. Um, dude, I, I think that if they, I was if they to get this that. problem solved that's definitely true yeah i was trying to say that Which last is, week when, when i had all the tech issues was the biggest competitor for the savings account it like you, you talk about why the national savings rates are so low it's like dude well like you can put your money in a savings account or you can buy an i bond that pays six percent or you can buy a t-bill that pays four percent like you know come on like which one do you want so it's way more appealing yeah. like from that aspect than than just you know going to a savings account but yeah like so Money supply goes up when this uh, when the government's when this, spending the, money. When, yeah, when, when they go when the, the if the debt ceiling gets resolved, which I think it will. I don't think I'll, McCarthy will play this political game because everybody does. They all do this. They always play this political game to say, "Oh yeah, no one's money. innocent." Dude, nobody's innocent. Yeah, I mean, both sides have done this, right? So they play this political game. Let's get our, our spending under control. Like right at the eleventh hour, they always they always make it work. But usually they kick the can down the road. But yeah, whatever. Let's just say here's here's, here's the, like kind of the one the one thing I guess for this episode that that I'll say is if you happen yeah. to be in the United States and you and you happen to feel so inclined, I, I don't necessarily know who your representative is, who your elected officials are. Uh, but I would strongly <laughs> advise you in the next week to make some phone calls, send some mail. Um, tie up their lines. Make sure that the office is under that the office is, and therefore the officials, the, the elected official in question, understands that um, when you fuck with the full faith and credit of the United States, that might affect that uh, might affect and piss off the the citizens you're supposed to be doing well, yeah, your best dude. for. And yeah, 100%. if this is your best, it's not good enough. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, like think about it like this. Like I don't know if you're traveling to Europe anytime soon, you know, uh, and you're trying to buy some nice Bordeaux wine from France. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of want the government to not default. That's all I'm going to say. The U.S. government. All I'm going to say is like, so all of a sudden, money supply goes up because if they do, like, if they do pass, which I'm 99% sure that they will. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 99% sure that they will pass um, some sort of resolution here. It's going to increase money supply. And what's that going to do with inflation? Uh, oh, more money, more money, more problems. <laughs> more money, no, more, money more, more inflation. Right? So, so more money, more inflation. Now, there are a few things on the other side that I think might might be more constricting on inflation, and it's um, yeah, it's it's, it's it's a few different things. A few different kind of economic indicators are coming home to suggest that there's some other liquidity issues. Well, but, um, so you have J.P. Morgan. Or is it J.P. Morgan? No, it's uh, Jamie Dimon. Uh, I, um, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, over it because he's a J.P. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, no, he's um, the best, no. the best bank CEO. But uh, but he's come out and he honest. said that if you're looking at he's a, he's and he's looking he has concerns about commercial real estate and the debt underwriting com- commercial real estate. And so yeah. he's saying you're going to start to see liquidity tightening in a lot of banks because of that. But that's I mean, um, but that's that's kind of a, that's kind of an issue that we saw from a mile away. Oh yeah, but at the same time, here's the next thing: is that um, bankruptcies are starting to creep up again. They're still at pre. They're still lower than 2019 levels of, of bankruptcy yeah. registrations, but but bankruptcy rates are they're they're coming up and they're and it's um and they're increasing quite rapidly so we're we're looking yeah, at then, more bankruptcies so big ones bed bath beyond um yeah but, that, but that's like, kind of what happens when interest rates rise like the way they absolutely do. And, and when the entire economic environment has shifted and people are still mm-hmm. getting used to the adjustment of this is the new normal Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 going to create some bankruptcy. Well, absolutely, and 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 then you have these zombie companies that were surviving only because they existed yeah. for a decade or longer at basically zero percent interest rate. They're not going to be able to survive five percent. That that that's no just way. that's just not feasible. And no it, it's 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 essentially you've got a whole a decade plus fifteen years of business leaders um, and people running businesses who, while they have risk departments and risk management departments, have never actually worked or existed in a world where there is risk right and so it's it's all it's it's all coming well, like it's well it's not even just like a world that where there there is risk but it's like a world that there is an alternative that has less risk right like a oh, guaranteed yeah. alternative that has yield and less risk and yeah, right now we're looking less risk yeah right now we're looking at okay so the risk-free rate is about five percent like so i mean if you really want to discount everything to the to the Fed funds rate, which is not like I mean, pretty much the entire global financial system does that. 
Uh, but like the U the U.S. Fed funds rate is what five to five and a quarter now, or five is to it, five and a quarter, yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, if you want to discount everything to that, that's not a bad idea. Like yeah, you want you want to buy security that pays you a five point two five percent annual yield every three months. It's like dude, yeah, like, like that's like yeah, yeah. he gets that versus like buying Apple stock. You know, like which yeah. which which, which, which and apples have? and apples dividend yeah. is, is can be attractive, but also I can get a lot more bonds. Right. right? So what, what what did Apple close at today? I, I didn't I didn't actually look oh, at it. Oh I have no idea. I mean um, I have no idea what I'm I'm not trying like I, I just picked Apple because it was the biggest company in the world. But like it's just like yeah, yeah, choose between that or or Apple. And it's like, dude, like, all right, if I'm a money manager and I know for sure, you know, in, in an environment where inflation is at five percent. 4.9% if you want to look at the last reading exactly. It's like, all right, well, I can buy this bond as long as I remember to roll it over every three months. I'm getting a 5% yield. I'm, get, I'm getting a 5.2% annual yield on this. Like, why wouldn't I do that for my clients when inflation, you know, when inflation is at 4.9% and I have no idea what Apple's going to do because in a recessionary environment, Apple, like all the other companies, they tend to remember that they're, uh, that they're also equities. Why wouldn't I just go back into you know this guaranteed return? But at the same time, it's like okay, well, what if it's not guaranteed anymore, right? What if what if Moody's and S and P next week decides to downgrade it to to uh, to double A? Yeah, it's it's basically I guess I guess here's a here's the weird analogy. It's like um, pretend you have kids for a minute. So you have a babysitter who's like that's the babysitter who's never had a kid die, and then suddenly it's like that's the babysitter who's only had one kid die. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Hang on. (laughs) Exactly. Wait a minute. That's that's perhaps more risk than you'd be comfortable with on a babysitter, even if it's not their fault. And I'll be honest, in this case, the babysitter, it is their fault. Yeah. Okay. But let's. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. And and I know, and I love tarping on that point. But okay. So let's just just back away from that point again. I think I was was asking a question earlier about so all of a sudden money supply goes up because they they resolve this thing. Which is, yeah, they resolve is it. it. Money supplies up. Inflation follows. Which is scary. Yeah, which um, is which is not necessarily a likely possibility, but it is a possibility. In my opinion, it's a more likely possibility than it isn't. But you know, I understand the I understand the caution and the fears. But okay, so they come up with a possibility. Uh, money supply goes up. Does that encourage members of the Federal Reserve to all of a sudden say, "Hey, we got this figured out. Money supply is going up. We need to make up for that on some end." Somehow, whatever it is, we either need to tighten up QT, which I'm okay with, yep. or we need to raise interest rates even more. What do you think? What do you think happened? I think they have to they have to look at what's happening and they have to they have to take a macro view of the environment, right? So if if Jamie Dimon's right, and if you're starting to see defaults in um yeah. in commercial in real estate, we're we're gonna well, see that. This I'm do one. A lot of the quantitative easing they did was by buying. Mortgage-backed securities or or debt-backed securities that's backed that's, on these on these yeah, on no. these commercial real estate loans. So the money you might be sitting here going, well, Shit. they can't they can't turn around. They can, but they can't. Like it's not necessarily a good idea to turn around to banks and go, hey, you know those loans that on that real estate that are bad that you sold us for cash in 2020. You're buying them back now, and they're all in awful shape. Like it's it's one of those things like that would devastate uh, yeah. the banking system. So you can't do that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you, I think at that point you have to close some of your lending facilities, or you have yeah. to make more strict some of your lending facilities. You have to take you have to take away. You have to utterly remove any profit opportunity from the use of your lending your overnight lending facilities. Yeah. Well, I th- okay. So I think like in terms of commercial real estate, in terms of commercial mortgage backed securities. Let's be honest, like the commercial mortgage backed security game has evolved so much since, oh, yeah. like, whenever it was like Larry Fink created that when, you know, and, and screw that guy, but like yeah. Larry Fink created that a long time ago, I think in like the 80s or whatever. It was the 70s, right? so, 80s, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So he, he created that, that facility, and all of a sudden, like, now I think what we're going to see if that happens, like, is the, the lower tranche commercial mortgage backed securities. Like the the mezzanine, the sub mezzanine tranche, those tranches yeah. are going to get absolutely annihilated. Okay, right? hammered. I mean, <laughs> like, they're going to do an AT one impression. Yeah, dude. One <laughs> as they go and, to zero, and I'm not confident <laughs> on the senior loan ones either. Like, I, I like I don't think the senior loan ones are going to do that. Because like, I don't, commercial real estate, I think 
has really entered into a weird phase of the market. And I think if you look, if you watch anybody on CNBC, they're kind of echoing the same message. Commercial real estate is not that appealing right now because it's kind of like a the entire world has kind of gone hybrid. Yeah, you've got you've had a lot of people working from home. You have a lot of um, a lot of offices downsizing their space or going right. to or so even or even downsizing their staffs and not needing as much space. Right. So well, yeah, would you, I mean, we could talk more about that, but it's like you know that's kind of like a, a subsector of of the fixed income market where you know commercial real estate just doesn't seem that appealing. Yeah. Um, well, but I, mean, know, I was thinking is, is that, is it that more, affects is it, yeah. one of the Fed's tightening abilities, right? So when they're sitting here looking yeah, to exactly. say like we're going to take cash out by putting these back on the market, well, if they're already tanking and cratering, it's like that doesn't that doesn't make sense. So maybe so yeah, I think I think that raising rates into that is right. likely probably not at the June meeting. I think I think we're probably right. We're we're going to see a pause. I think, and I think so, for no other reason that they they're go they have to see the pause. They have to see what yeah they have to see what the fiscal arm is do if the fiscal arm is going to be there because they right yeah you know you you have to know that this meeting has happened there have to be private phone calls between these guys and yeah, janet dude. and just and just them going like what the fuck are they doing because you know they're sitting there like this it, like you know there's like a break the glass plan and i'm pretty sure that for these guys like like the whole if the u.s defaults it's like well what are we gonna do if the u.s defaults and it's like fuck what's the point of even having a meeting yeah at dude. that point we're we're dealing with we're dollars just, that have indeterminate value because they're no longer because the trust has been broken because the full faith and credit yes, of the United States yes. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, um, you know me. If I could, I would go back to the gold standard. I well, to shred. I, I I see your face, dude. I see your face, man. Come on. It's not. It's like, it's just not feasible. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's a shred. It's, it's total stretch. Like I, I like I like it better, but. It's not, it's just not, it's not feasible. No, it, yeah, it's not, it's not feasible. It's not possible. It's based on, it's based on just another random commodity. There's a finite yeah. amount of, and so it's one of those things where you're like, well, that doesn't work well, because then eventually every few years you have right. to. Well, they're fine. Like, like it's, it's whatever the, the, let's, let's let the dollar become more volatile now. Right. I said that was a better solution. Whatever. I'm just saying. I, I know. I know. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying yeah. you. I'm just saying like the market as a whole, like whoever decided this. Yeah. Here, like, what really, what really kind of, you know, like what, what's really crazy to me about all this is that is that the big business isn't calling like they get a lot of things passed. Like 90 percent of people want a law passed. It's got a 20 percent chance of passing. 70 percent of businesses want a law passed. It's got a 90 percent chance of passing. Yeah. So how does but that like, work? No, uh, no business could... association is calling congressmen going. What are you doing? You will vote to raise the debt ceiling. You will not do. You, you won't. You won't. F- right. Like, don't fuck with my money. Bitch, better have my money. Like all. Like Bitch. like. What are you trying to accomplish? Like what? Like like. You do understand. You will cripple the market. You will cripple the economy. Like you will. Yeah. And, and whether you're right or wrong, you will go down in history and not for a good thing. Yeah. You exactly. know, Kevin McCarthy's name well, will be in the history books, but it'll be as the guy who. Uh, the the Titanic yeah. needed to hit a second iceberg to to balance out the sinking. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's, gonna, it's you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if Kevin McCarthy had a signature look, but like if he did, and the government were like was to actually default, that look would be retired, and not for good reason. Like it's for I'm it's not the same reason why that like the you know if you if you grow a mustache and you shave outside your nose. But you keep the stash <laughs> within the nose. That's not a good yeah, look. That's, that reminds, uh, now I, see, I see what you that mean. Look, now that uh, that signature, like, yeah, the, the McCarthy, every, yeah, that McCarthy McCarthy haircut so like, is gone. So like, yeah, exactly. So um, like, you see how there was someone in the past that has retired a look. Yeah, historically, right? like, that, that yeah, was, and, and to be fair, I've seen a lot of pictures of people that used to be <laughs> a go-to look. Like that, that was an acceptable was, form was, of was, mustache. Like, like it's Kevin McCarthy. No more. It's like he's like it's, yeah, he's a smart guy. He can he can talk well. And then all of a sudden, he just does this. You know, he just decides to wage political war. And I don't know if it's on everybody. Like, it's like yeah, wow. And and I'll be honest with you. Like with Kevin McCarthy, I don't know if there are you know to quote Metallica, if there's like a master of puppets pulling the strings for Kevin McCarthy. Maybe that's what's going on. I have no idea. If we're gonna do that, then um, let's put it this way: if the U.S. defaults on its debt, I know for whom the bell tolls. Yes, <laughs> thank God. Um, but, yeah, dude. So we'll we'll see what happens. I think I, I think they're I think they're gonna come up with something, and if they do, it's gonna hurt money supply. Like in the sense that it's actually going to contribute to money. It's going to increase money. It's going to increase. It's going yeah. to gonna... increase money supply. But at the same time, I think okay. So if that happens, maybe we start tightening later on, right? Like, and that's probably what what's his name was saying. Yeah, we have to go to a second round of tightening later after the Fed is able to observe what 
right now we you're right we've been bounded right now i think we're seeing yeah. a lot of um there's a manic phase wants to happen but it yeah. needs a reason but I, um, but I think that's gonna it goes to what what's his name uh kashkari was saying the the minneapolis fed president was like we we uh we raised that ceiling we uh suspended for a little bit whatever it is we we do whatever yeah. it is it creates money supply into the economy you know, he was saying like, I, "We're not gonna, we're probably not gonna raise rates in in June, but this might not be the end of our tightening cycle." And I think that no, was kind of his hint of him saying, "Like, hey, listen, 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 man. Okay, so we if we do pass this, if we do get through this debt ceiling crisis, which I think we will. If we do then get I'll through see this, you in August. Then, <laughs> then we'll be data dependent until August. Let's keep this going, man. Let's, yeah. let's stay on this train, dude. Let's stay on this data dependent train. That's great. So, so I guess yeah. um, what I'll <laughs> say is if you want to stay data dependent, you want to you want to stay as yeah. awesome as you can for the, look, while your dollars you know, between, whether 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 we're right or wrong, think about your buying power and what'll happen with infl- with more inflation or yes. with with the default. And yeah. so, what you should do is prepare yourself from the cold times, the warm times, all of it at drugonomics.myspreadshop.com, where you can That's find the sweetest swag for summer, fall, winter, spring, and all the seasons in between. Yes. Wearing that jersey, look, I've been to two Fed banks with uh, with a hoodie on, and uh, well, yeah. one one Fed bank in the Treasury with there a hoodie on. To make very clear, it's I don't approve brilliant. of everything you're doing in there. You need to be more drunkenomical and get it together. You wear that hoodie on, you wear that hoodie, that shirt, whatever it is, and it tells everyone around you who knows, and anyone who asks, this guy definitely knew how to avoid the problem we're currently in. Yes. And, and, and he or she, why, why aren't we listening to them? Because these guys, yeah, exactly. they got their heads on straight. Exactly. Um, and you can find that at, uh, what's that called? Uh, shop. That's again, dot, it's uh, drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com. That's what it is. Uh, we've got some uh, great new logos there. Uh, hoodies, black absolutely. hoodies, even darker black hoodies. Tank tops, black tank tops, even darker black tank tops. We have all of those available. And of course, if you want to throw a tip in the tip jar, you can always go to patreon.com slash drunkenomics. That's P-A-T-R-U-N.com slash drunkenomics. The people there. D-R-U-N-K-E-N-O-M-I-C-S. Yeah, thank you. Sorry about that. I missed Ooh. that out. But, dude, you're on fire on that, dude. But uh, Practicing. all you Patreon <laughs> folks, thanks for bailing me out of Boston. I wasn't actually trapped, in case you guys were wondering. But uh, I had a great time there. It was, uh, I, I, I drank <laughs> a lot of good scotch. That's all I'm going to say. So, thanks for bailing me out there. Uh, and, of course, uh, seriously... I really appreciate you guys drinking along with us. This has always been a lot of fun for me. It's always been a highlight of my week. I hope it's been a highlight of your week, too. Absolutely. So with that, my encouragement to you is continue to play Chestnut Checkers. Don't brag, just say. Always remember to fill and kill, but most importantly, remember to uh, do what's that one thing again? Yeah, no matter what, just stay drunk and guys. That's what it is. Cheers, my friend. I had to take a sip. Cheers. <laughs>